You know what's awesome? Jesus. Um, And it's really awesome when your message gets preached through the person who's doing mid-service. That's when you're like, all right, Holy Spirit, you're on this. Woo! So Matthew literally was just hitting what we're going to be talking about, which just, that's why I was freaking out. If you saw me just freaking out, it's because the Lord was just confirming everything. So I am so excited. I am so excited about what God is doing. I am so, I'm going to move this because I'm distracted sometimes. Welcome to my personality. I I am so in love with Jesus. And I have been getting so rocked by the gospel of Jesus Christ. I have been getting so rocked by the gospel. Bless them. They're they're just stewarding the anointing right there. Thank you, guys. I'm serious. I have just been getting wrecked by the revelation of what Jesus did on the cross for us. This is one thing I have to say. If you want to be a Christian that burns for Jesus every day, never lose sight of the cross. If you want to actually burn for Jesus and be insanely in love with Jesus every moment of your life, never forget what he did on the cross. The second you begin to realize what happened through salvation, that should make you just go crazy. And that's what's been happening. Like we're singing these songs. I'm like, ah, Jesus. Literally, he set us free. He he set us free. Like the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life. He set me free. Like I deserve death. But Jesus, so rich in his mercy, in his love, God sent Jesus to die on this cross for me. And now I cross over into this new creation reality where I am fully loved by God. I'm in right standing with him. I have full access to his presence at all times. His Holy Spirit lives in me. The Spirit of God lives in me. Like, what? I have no excuse to have a bad day. I'm going to step on toes. I have no excuse to have a bad day. I have no reason to wake up grumpy. The Spirit of God lives in me. I deserve death, but by His crazy, radical grace and love, He's given me abundant life instead. Jesus! I'm going to preach myself happy. I mean, I'm strengthening myself in the Lord, and I do that by just meditating on the truth of what he did on the cross for me. I renew my mind to the truth. I'm a new creation in Christ. The old is gone. The new has come. I live in it. Ah, he's so good. This is something I really believe uh, strongly for our church As we were worshiping, I just felt this so strong. I believe that we're moving from this place of, I believe we're moving so much deeper in worship. Um, So much deeper. It's it's so beautiful. 
Like, you guys are the most beautiful people to lead into worship because you love his heart. Like, you love him, and you want to minister to his heart. But I feel that very strongly that we are moving from this place of, you know, sometimes, let's be real, we come into worship just so we're refreshed, right? Like, there's a reality. Sometimes we're like, oh, I want to go into worship and get the goosies, right? Okay, well, that's wonderful. That's a part of it. But the, the purpose of worship is to minister to his heart. The whole purpose of worship is we're ministering to his heart. Like he is singing this love song over us, this never-ending love song. And in worship, we just get to bring that love song right back to him. And I believe that so strongly that we as a corporate body are shifting into this place of we're just going to minister to his heart with every fiber of our being. That We'll be known as people who loved him and just ministered to his heart. My cousin just mentioned me on her Instagram story. What's up, hat? All right. You ready for the word? Yeah. I am too. I'll let you guys, actually, I'll let you sit down now. Jared, thank you. One time I was so nervous preaching because it was a different word that I had normally brought that I had Jared stay up and play the whole time. Because when he plays, the peace of God is just present, right? It 100% is. <laughs> this one time, I kind of forgot, and I just had him stay up there the whole time with me. And then I was like, sorry, Jared. So you can, you can sit down now. Thank you. We love Jared. Oh, Jesus. I just, my big, my heart for this is I want you to know just how good the gospel is. When we leave today, I want you to be so much more in love with Jesus than when you came. If you leave this place more in love with Jesus, then we did something right. That should always be, I mean, every day we should fall more in love with Jesus, but when we come here, I mean, the purpose is to fall more in love with him. And that's what I want. That's, that's my prayer is that you would know just how good the gospel is. That you would know just how good he is, how extravagant his love is. The power of the gospel. The life-changing power of the gospel. It's not just a... I'm going to suffer through life and one day get to heaven. It's so much more than that. Oh, if that's what you're believing, I'm so sorry. You just haven't known the truth yet. The gospel, it's, it's the most empowering, freeing thing that ever happened. And I am excited to break that down. All right, let's go to Romans. If you know me, I love Romans. I've heard of it as the romance of Romans. It's pretty accurate. All right. I like it when people cheer me on. I like to hear, that's a good word. If something gets you fired up, let me know. All right. That's some good chicken, baby. 
There probably will be some good chicken at Social Sunday. Baby. All right, Romans 5, verse 1. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. We have been made right in God's sight by faith. We've been made right in God's sight by what? By faith. That's wild. Faith means we believed, right? It means I renewed my mind to this truth, and then, boom, I'm made right in God's sight. Because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. It wasn't my works. It was his. It was him dying on the cross for me, and I believe that. I put faith in that, and boom, I'm made right in God's sight. And then I have peace with God. And also because of faith, Christ brought us into this undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Here's some more good news. Skip down to verse 17. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness for all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. I'm going to read that again because it's so good. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness. For all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. Oh, my word. So it's a gift. And we have to receive it, right? And then what's the promise? that you'll live in triumph over sin and death through Jesus. Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone, but Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and new life for everyone. Because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners. But because one other person obeyed God, many will be made righteous. God's law was given so that all people could see how sinful they were. But as people sinned more and more, God's wonderful grace became more abundant. So just as sin ruled over all the people and brought them death, now God's wonderful grace rules instead, giving us right standing with God and resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That now grace rules resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ. All right, Romans 6, verses 13. 
Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God, for you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. I love this. Well then, since God's grace has set us free from the law, does that mean we can go on sinning? Of course not! Don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? Let that sink in. Don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Thank God, once you were slaves of sin, but now you wholeheartedly obey his teaching we have given you, obey this teaching we have given you. Now you are free from your slavery to sin, and you have become slaves to righteous living. Let's break this down some more. Verse 19. Because of the weakness of your human nature, I'm using the illustration of slavery to help you understand all of this. Previously, you let yourselves be slaves to impurity and lawlessness, which led ever deeper into sin. Now you must give yourselves to be slaves to righteous living so that you will become holy. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the obligation to do right. And what was the result? You're now ashamed of the things you used to do, things that end in eternal doom. How many of us have had that? You know, we did things, we were slaves to sin, and now we're like, ah. Okay? But now you are free from the power of sin and have become slaves of God. Now you do those things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Okay, so we say slavery, and some of us are like, I have to be a slave to something, right? You know what I mean? So let's, let's break this down. Let's make this a little, a little more clear. So this was essentially the greatest reversal that ever happened. If I had my wrestlers here, but their family's sick, bummer deal, I would have them do a reversal and you would see. Because essentially what was happening, I was a slave to sin, right? I was. So it was like the devil had his foot on me. Like I was under his foot and I was just stuck. I couldn't help but sin. I would feel guilty, but I couldn't help but sin. But when the cross happened and I put faith in Jesus, it's complete reversal. Now the devil is under my foot, right? He can still bite. He can still try to, you know, fight at me, all that stuff. But he's under my foot because I'm a slave to righteousness now. That because of the cross, reversal happened, I'm in power now, right? Because I'm in him. I'm in Jesus. So we're not slaves to sin anymore. You are not a victim and a slave to sin. You are now a slave to righteousness. 
and you are in authority and control now because of his finished work, which that alone should get you jazzed. That should get you so jazzed. I don't have to live that way anymore. Yeah, he can fight. He can bite at me all he wants, but he's losing. Like, he lost. Thank you, God. Happy holiness. Now you do the things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life. Happy holiness. That's what we're going to talk about today. Happy holiness. Because that's what it is. Holiness is not something that we're like, oh, I have to work so hard, strive for. Holiness is a part of our identity because of the cross. So we're going to break this down some more. And hopefully, my goal is that you feel so empowered by the finished work of the cross that you read verses that before seemed like so much work, but now it's like, that's my invitation. All right. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. All right. With the Lord's authority, I say this, live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness, and they wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But this isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Christ and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by the lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, which is created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. That my nature, my new nature, when I put faith, right, we receive this by faith, my new nature now as a new creation in Christ is created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Woo! See, holiness is actually my identity because of salvation. Holiness is my identity because of salvation. And it's my lifestyle because of the choices I make. Holiness is my identity through salvation. Because let, holiness is not something that I someday will strive and work towards, right? Right? Holiness is my identity. It's who I am because I am a child of God. And like that verse says, you know, salvation, we instantly become a new creation in Christ, right? It's not like you got saved, you worked, you worked, you worked, 10 years down the road. You're a new creation in Christ now. No, it was the second that I put faith that Jesus saved me that I became a new creation in Christ. So that means that my nature now, like this says, is created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So this is my identity. 
holy. Holiness is a part of my identity. It's not something, holiness is not about obtaining something that I don't have, but living something that I already am. Holiness is living something I already am. And we all have this thing inside of us where we want to please God, right? You know, every single person has that like burning desire, and that's because that's who you are. That is your identity. That's what happened through salvation. You became holy. You became the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. Through Jesus, I instantly, boom, that became, that's who I am now. That is my inheritance. As a child of God, holiness is a part of my inheritance. Saw to get you fired up. Because my life is hidden in Christ, right? I'm holy because his blood made me holy. Not because Christy worked all this stuff and now she's holy. No, I'm holy because he made me holy. I'm holy because that's what the cross did. That's what his blood did. It purified me. That's why when we sing these songs, your blood flows through my veins. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I'm a child of God. I get to walk in happy holiness. It's my identity because of the cross. I was crucified with him, right? And then I was resurrected into newness of life with him. That is why I can throw off that old nature and put on my new nature, which is created to be like him. So one of the big struggles for Christians is for us to believe that, for us to renew our minds to this reality, this truth of I'm holy because he's holy and he lives in me and I have his nature. This is my inheritance. But this is the struggle that will happen. We kind of try to carry that old man, that dead man, and that's heavy, that's weighty. Like, have you ever tried to carry someone that is just dead weight where they're not helping you? You know, it's weighty, it's heavy. And we can't do that. You gotta renew your mind to the truth. That's what the cross paid for. You are holy because he is holy. It is your inheritance through salvation. Jesus. Oh, that's what the Bible says. Let's get happy on the Bible. Let's get happy on the word of God. Ooh, okay. Second Peter, chapter one, verse three. This is so good. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We can go home. We can go home now. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. Have you been given everything you need to live a godly life? Have you been given everything you need to live a godly life? Amen. And we have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. 
And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. These are the promises, precious promises, that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. We're given everything we need to live a godly life because we are sharing his divine nature. He's given us this sweet, beautiful, precious promise that I get to share his nature. Not Christie's striving nature, Christ's nature, God's nature, creator God, uncreated God, creator God. We get to share his nature. What? I get to share his nature. I've been getting so rocked by this. So rocked by this, Jesus. So in view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence, moral excellence with knowledge, knowledge with self-control, self-control with patient endurance, and patient endurance with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love for everyone. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted or blind, forgetting they have been cleansed from their old sins. Ah! They're forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins. Jesus. See, holiness isn't a burden. It is a privilege. Holiness is so far from a burden. It is the greatest privilege. It is the greatest honor that because of the cross, I get to step into the holiness of God and share his divine nature. I get to share his divine nature. How many people have thought holiness is if you're going to live a life of holiness that is going to be lame, that is going to suck all the fun out of everything, it's going to be this list of rules, right? Yeah, it's so far from that. It's saying that I have the greatest privilege and pleasure to step into the nature of God and share his divine nature. Oh, Jesus, it's so beyond rules. It's so beyond these little outlines, guidelines of what we think holiness is. It is putting on the nature of God and sharing his nature. Jesus. Holiness is looking like Jesus. It's loving like Jesus. It's speaking like Jesus. It's thinking like Jesus. It's acting like him. It's loving like him. It is moral excellence. It is purity. It is all of those things, but it's so far beyond these lists that we have, denominations have made. 
It's so far beyond that. It's actually living a life that looks like his. It's actually living my life through his nature. You know, in 1 Peter 1, it says, be holy as I am holy. Right? It says, be holy as I am holy. Which, if we are reading that out of our own strength, that seems like, what? How do I add up? Be holy as I am holy? That's when we've got it all wrong. That is the greatest invitation. Hey, be holy as I am holy. That he's literally inviting us to share his nature. Like, let this sink in so deep. We have an invitation to be holy as he is holy because of salvation, because of faith. Jesus. Okay, so let's go back. Um, verse 8, 2 Peter chapter 1. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But those who fail to develop in this way are short sighted or blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins. So when how does compromise happen? Because, like, well, this is pretty clear, right? That your nature is created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. That's very clear. So how does compromise happen? Because we read these truths, but then how often do we end up falling back into something, you know? Where we're like, woo, I'm created to be like God. And then all of a sudden, you know, they go and you go and yell at someone or something like that. It happens when we forget that we have been cleansed. When we forget what he did on the cross, that's when compromise happens. Compromise happens when I forget my identity. When I forget all of these promises, these truths, and I just start to lean on my own strength and the worldly standard, that's when compromise begins to happen. Compromise happens when I just forgot who I was. I forgot my identity, and then I compromised, right? And how often does this happen in real life where compromise, we we can make it really clear. Compromise can look like, um, you know, pornography. Compromise can look like cursing. Compromise can look like all these things like that, you know. But how often am I compromising with, you know, the music I listen to? Where I'm like, you know what? It doesn't have the explicit sign on that song, so it's okay. That would be compromise, right? If I, I, that's literally lowering the standard right then and there. If I'm being like, hey, you know what? That movie, it... It was good, like it had some curse words, but other than that, it was totally fine. You're like, how often do we make these excuses? So often. I had to repent. Oh, 
I just had to repent, repent, repent. Because there's this TV show. I'm, I'm preaching like what I'm in right now. So there's this TV show that was like super fun. It was awesome. And I was like, oh, it's full of action. And I even recommended it to a few people. I am sorry for recommending you this TV show. Because all of a sudden, it started going downhill. And all of a sudden, you know, they would throw something in there that they would throw out this scene that, why would I watch it? You know, but in my head, I'm like, but the action's so good. I just want to, like, find, I just want to figure out how the story ends. That's all I want to know is if they get together, whatever. And what I was doing is actually turning to a lesser lover in that time because I'm watching something and it's not making me fall more in love with Jesus, is it? Like, as I'm watching this TV show, I'm not meditating on the beauty of Jesus, am I? I'm actually kind of settling and being like, okay, this is not good for my spirit and I'm righteous and holy, but I'm going to let this nastiness in because it doesn't really affect me. Like, how often do we do that? So I had to repent. I was like, Lord, I just want to focus on the beauty of who you are. I'm sorry for turning to a lesser lover, for turning to entertainment, which was a lesser lover than you, than the pure love that you have for me, Jesus. Because that's what it was. I wanted to be entertained in that moment. But because of that, I turned to a lesser lover. How often do we do that? I mean, for our singles, for our youth, how often do we turn to affection from a person because they make us feel validated, but we actually lower our standard in the midst of that, which is turning to a lesser lover than the lover of our souls. See, when, when I know who I am and I know my new nature, why would I ever turn to a lesser lover than Jesus? Why would I ever do that? So why do we do that with the music we listen to, with the movies we watch, with the entertainment, with the people we hang out with? Like the Lord just started convicting me on stuff where he's like, Christy, that's actually compromise. Which it is not rules. This is not him thumping a rule book on me. This is him being like, Christy, you have the nature of God living in you. You are righteous and holy through the blood of Jesus. Why are you settling for these earthly things when you could just feast on the treasures of heaven and the pleasures of heaven? Why are you living from this lifestyle and trying to get validation and pleasure from it when you could just feast on my finished work? And when it's that way, it's like, Jesus, I'm so sorry. I was totally compromising and I don't know why I would ever do that. And then he gives me this beautiful, beautiful gift of joyful repentance. Praise the Lord. And I walk that out, and it's awesome. But one of the biggest things when we talk about holiness, like it is our identity. And if we were to grab onto this, I just, we wouldn't have these lesser lovers always pulling at us. Like, I can guarantee that girls, this whole, like, there's a reality that pornography messes, it just goes against our identity, all of us. 
it messes against our men, which are supposed to be mighty men of God, and then it messes with our women because all of a sudden their self-confidence goes down. They, they don't know who they are anymore. Eating disorders start to happen. Like these are all lesser lovers that we're turning to and we're compromising with. So if we take on the holiness, we step out of compromise and we just realize that this is my nature, this is my identity, I'm gonna feast on what you have, not turn to these lesser lovers. Man, our marriages would be thriving. Girls wouldn't have these image issues. So what if we grab on to this? Like what if we grab on to the word of God and we step into this confidence, what would it look like? Like what if our church alone grabbed this, what would it look like? But then what if a generation grabbed onto this, what would happen? What would happen? What would happen? I just believe that so many things would completely change. I believe that families would be so secure that, you know, foster system, all kinds of those systems would just get completely shifted because all of a sudden we're stepping into the love of Jesus, the nature of God. So we're actually walking in his pure love. We're being his hands and feet. And we're getting our validation from him. Oh, Jesus. Why would we compromise? Life is so short. Why? Like the Lord's just been tugging on my heart and it feels good though because I know he loves me. That's why it feels good because I know he works everything out for my good. And if he's tugging something on my heart, it's because there's something better. That Jesus is always the, the better. He's the best. Everything else is a counterfeit. And then there's this true reality of what Jesus has for me. Life is short. It's the blink of an eye. There are two people in the past few days that just passed away. Boom. Just like that, that I know of. They just passed away, just like that. Life is short. Why live in this compromise when our inheritance and our identity is holiness and being like Jesus? It's happy holiness. I get to be like him. Oh, Jesus. So happy holiness, like I said, it says, if what I'm doing doesn't draw me into the beauty of who Jesus is, why waste my time? That's what happy holiness is. If what I'm doing is not drawing me into the beauty of who he is and teaching me more about his nature, why waste my time? If this TV show I'm watching is not drawing me into the beauty of who Jesus is and just setting me on fire, why am I wasting my time? If this music I'm listening to, which me as a woman of God, you know, as a daughter, a blood-bought daughter of Jesus Christ who carries his nature, I should know I'm pretty awesome, right? But if I'm listening to this music that is just degrading women, why is that okay? Like, why is that okay? The Lord started being like, Christy, that song that's on your playlist, get that off. And I was like, oh, Jesus, I'm so sorry. What the heck? What was I thinking? So I start deleting songs off my playlist. I'm like, Lord, that's terrible. Why would I be okay with that? Why would I settle for that? Why would I tell these girls that that's okay? 
Why would I tell these beautiful, amazing daughters that, hey, this song that's saying this about you is okay? Like, no! Happy holiness! We're way better than that! I think that a part of happy holiness, too, it's, it's so far past the rules of don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. There's this reality of there's kind of like common sense Christianity is how some of this should be. Like if you're struggling with pornography and you're watching movies that have crazy sex scenes, kind of adds up. Like let's be real. If you're struggling with purity, but you're filling your mind with, you know, these scenes where people are making out, they're having an affair, one plus one equals struggling. I'm just saying. Happy holiness. You're better than that. Like, come on. Why are we compromising? The Lord has just been like, me with this. And I'm like, thank you, God. Let's get it out. Happy holiness. Come on. What happens when we actually walk this out? When we take this, we walk it out. We don't walk in compromise. What's going to happen? I can tell you the high schools are going to look way different. Way different. Oh, so much different. I can tell you that the whole, I mean, social media, like that alone, like what if you don't walk and compromise in social media anymore and instead it is this platform to promote happy holiness and you're like, this is who God made you to be. This is what he says about you. You know, come on, what would happen if we take these things on? Happy holiness. Jesus is so much better. He's satisfying. He's beautiful. That's the thing. It is not you can't do this. It's he's so much better. He's so beautiful. He's so worthy. And when we take that on, when we know that that's the truth, it's like that just looks like that's rags. That's that's crumbs off the table when I could feast on his goodness because he's beautiful. Happy holiness. When you fix your eyes on Jesus, you won't want to turn to the lesser lovers. When you fix your eyes on Jesus, you will not want to turn to the lesser lovers. So here's this thing. Joyful repentance. It comes in. It's the most beautiful gift that the Lord, it's like he just package this beautiful, glorious gift called joyful repentance for us. And those times when we forgot who we are, right? Because that's what it says, that if you're not growing in these ways, it's because you're blind and you forgot that you were cleansed from your sins. So say I have this moment where I forgot. I'm like, oh Lord, I forgot. Why would I turn to the lesser lover? You're the lover of my soul. And he goes, hey, Remember the gift. Remember that gift I gave you. And I'm like, yes, the gift. Joyful repentance. And I joyfully repent, and that brings me into right standing with God. Come on, he's given us everything we need to live a godly life. Joyful repentance is in that package. Because that joyful repentance brings me right into right standing with God. Pure, righteous, holy, new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Full access to him. And he's like, 
want, when I walk in that joyful repentance, then he, he's like, you know that thing you did? Let's forget it. We're never going to remember that again. And then I have the battle of renewing my mind to the truth of, hey, that's gone. I'm, I'm clean before my father. So joyful repentance, boom, sweetest gift, right standing with God. That is just like, it's one of our weapons that we bring out. And I'm like, oh, baby, I'm going to joyfully repent. And then he gives us this sweet conviction of the Holy Spirit. Oh, thank you for your sweet conviction. See, conviction is sweet when you know God's nature. When you know the nature of God and he starts to convict you of something, like I said, it's when I feel conviction, I'm like, Lord, thank you that you're showing me this because that's the lesser lover and you have more for me. Thank you, God. Why would I want that in my life? Like when I know that he wants to work out every single thing for my good and he's to bring something up and I start to feel this conviction, oh, it's sweet because then I bring out my package deal of joyful repentance and I'm like, boom, baby. Oh, I'm so clean before you, God. But here's this thing that we do sometimes. I share this with the youth. Um, how many of you have had that friend where you, you love them so much, but you need to confront them on something, and so you just bring the affirmation sandwich, like hardcore, you just lay on like layers of affirmations, like you are so fun, you're so beautiful, you're the best friend, you're incredible, you look so good, wow, you're amazing. Hey, that, maybe you should be a little kinder. Oh, you look so good today, you're amazing. Like you just layer this thing and the friend only takes on the, oh, you hate me, you think I'm terrible. You think I'm the worst person. And that's what the Holy Spirit, that's what we do to Holy Spirit a lot of the time. Holy Spirit, like we wake up and Holy Spirit's like, you're amazing. Wow, you're a child of God. You look like him. You're so talented. You're so bold. You're free. You're beautiful. Hey, maybe you should talk kinder to your mom. You're amazing. Da, 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 da. And then we go into this stupid lie of shame and condemnation, right? We're like, God, you hate me. Oh, Lord, I'll never add up. I'll never measure up. And he's like, are you kidding me? I'm trying to help you. Like, you're amazing. Just get that thing out of there. We do that so often to the Holy Spirit when instead it should be like, oh, thank you. Sweet conviction, joyful repentance. We got to kick out those lies of shame and condemnation. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, right? There is conviction, but conviction is sweet because it brings us, it takes the gunk out is all it is. It's God being like, baby girl, you're way too amazing for that. Get that out. Get that out. And I'm like, thanks, God. You're so good. You're the best dad. Happy holiness. It is our identity. It is our inheritance. He has given us everything we need to live the godly life. Happy holiness. Joyful repentance. Sweet conviction. 
That's what Christianity gets to. That's what it, that's what it is. That's what it's all about. It's not the shame. It's not this condemnation. It's none of that. It's you get to be holy because I'm holy, and that's what my blood did for you. Jesus. Oh, God. So this is awesome. This is wonderful. But now you are given this this beautiful invitation to let this change you. We are all given this beautiful invitation to renew our minds to this truth. To renew our minds to this truth. Like this should change everything. This should absolutely change everything. It'll rip that compromise right out of your life. Like what if we as a generation, as a church, like I said, just for this, like what would happen in our region if we as believers hold on to this truth of what the Bible says, because it was pretty clear that was all in the Bible, right? If we are to take this and we just destroy compromise, like what if we are ones who just destroy compromise? We just rip it out of our lives and we're this generation that walks in happy holiness because that's what Jesus paid for. What is going to happen? What will happen? Come on! That's why all of a sudden, like, you get this boldness, too, because it just creates this pure highway to God. Like, I just have this pure highway to the Lord because I don't have all these things holding me back anymore. I'm not letting the lies influence me. I'm not letting the lesser lovers, the fear influence me because I'm just fixing my eyes on Jesus, who's the prize. So all of a sudden, when I'm in TJ Maxx getting my new shirt... And I'm talking to the girl who is working the dressing rooms, whatever you call that. And I like, have this burden for her because I could just feel the love of God for her. And I go and I'm there and I'm like, Jesus, you love her so much. What do you want me to share with her? God, I know you love her. What are you sharing about her? Okay. And then I get to go out and I get to prophesy over her. And then she ends up sharing her life story with me, get to pray with her. That's what happens when we root out compromise, when we walk in this happy holiness, because we're not letting the lesser lovers influence us. Come on. What's going to happen? Yeah, go ahead. I'm serious. Marriages are going to thrive when we take on this happy holiness and we root out compromise, when we stop turning to lesser lovers. We're going to actually show people what marriages get to be like. God, happy holiness, happy holiness. And I just believe there's such, it's just having a wholehearted yes for Jesus. Like seriously having a wholehearted yes for Jesus. Having our surrender be equal to this great gift of salvation. Having my gift of surrender be equal to this beautiful, glorious gift of salvation. What's going to happen 
when the body of Christ surrender is equal to the glorious, beautiful gift of salvation we've been given. Oh, it's so fun to dream about. Jesus. That's when we will see nations saved in a day. When our surrender is equal to his gift of salvation, whoo! Because what happens often, you know, we go to some ministry school, six months, boom, Jesus, you got all of me for six months. We laugh about it, but how accurate is it? Jesus, you do this, Lord, I'll do this for you. He's like, I've already done it all. I mean, what if it was reversed? What if he's like, yes, you give me six months? Sure, I'll give you six months. What? Ah, that's a scary thought. But how often do we do that? Like we were giggling about it, but it's so true. We're like, Jesus, youth camp is here. You got all of me. And then we go and we turn back to these lesser lovers. But now we know, happy holiness, it's who I am, joyful repentance. But let's let our surrender be equal to this great gift of salvation. Am I really, tr- really going to trust God? Truly, am I going to trust that the Lord is providing the most amazing, wonderful, godly husband for me so I don't need to be insecure, so I don't need to do anything like that? Yes. Let's be real. Life situations. Am I going to surrender and trust with your life? Are you going to surrender and trust that he is the loving father? Are you going to surrender? So like I said, I've been getting wrecked because he's so good. But I started realizing how much compromise I had how many areas I wasn't truly surrendering in. And I was like, Jesus, you're way more beautiful than that. I'm so sorry. I love you. I'm going to joyfully repent. And it's been so freeing. But let's just be real with him. He's beautiful. He's so beautiful. He's worthy of it all. I mean, he is. He's worthy of all of my affection. He's worthy of all of my trust, of all of my surrender, all of it. Why would I ever compromise? Why would I ever compromise? Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I just believe the Holy Spirit is starting to stir on hearts. I just love making space to respond. I love making space to respond to Him. And that should never be an embarrassing or timid thing. I don't know why we think that sometimes. We're like, if you want to accept him, close your eyes. 
lift your hand as if it's like some something to be shameful about. Jesus died on a cross for you. He gave it all for you. You should be like, yes, I want him. Like, there are these silly things that we've done where it just doesn't make any sense at all. Like we should be going crazy like, God, I'm joyfully repenting and I get all of you. Thank you that I'm in right standing with you now. There's no shame. There's no shame in it. He loves you and he paid for your freedom and he will continually fight for your freedom. He will remind you of that. And so like I said, I've just been raw before the Lord. Like this week especially has just been this like, let's just get this stuff out, Christy. Let's just kick compromise out the door. But it takes action, right? So yes, holiness is my identity through salvation and it's becoming my lifestyle through the choices I'm making. Holiness is becoming my lifestyle through the choices I'm making. And I choose Jesus. I choose happy holiness. And so just as the Lord begins to stir on your heart, I think he just, he loves us and he just plays our heartstrings and he's like, hey, let's take that out. That's actually causing you anxiety and you don't need that because that's not what I paid for. Hey, that little unforgiveness that you have towards that person, that's actually causing this illness in your body because you are just continuing with this anger. So let's just forgive that person and let your body be whole. That's what happened to me. I thought that I'd forgiven this person. I thought I was great. And I just kept having these problems breathing. And I was like, what in the world? Am I having too much coffee? (laughs) And the Lord was like, hey, you actually haven't forgiven that person. And I was like, God, you're right. I forgave them. And I had this peace just like shower over me. And my breathing was perfect. Thank you, God. But he loves us, so he was like, Christy Lynn, no, no, no. Don't let that lesser love, or don't let that little fox sneak in there to try to hinder our love. So as he's just stirring your heart, just respond to him. Like, just respond. Just begin to meditate on these things, first of all, and then we're going to do some we're going to declare something too in just a minute. But I just, let's just get rid of it. Happy holiness, joyful repentance. Just get rid of it. Just, he's going to start to stir up things, show different things. And we're just not going to compromise anymore. We're just not going to turn to these lesser lovers. And we get to do this with Jesus. That's what's so awesome as he does this with us. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus.
He's so much better. He's so much better. He's so beautiful. He's so fun. God's hilarious. He's so fun. He's so full of joy. He's so happy. He's the happiest person. I want to do something. I want to stand up. going to make a declaration together and then we're just going to create space. Like I said, the altar is open. Um, no prayer team. It's you and Jesus. Okay? Let's just be you and Jesus today. Just be real with him. Be so real with him. And like I said, this is not shame. Y'all, this is joyful repentance because holiness is our identity in him. But if you really want this, like if you want to actually walk in your identity that he paid for, you know, if you want that, we're going to make this declaration of happy holiness together. And if you actually want to respond to conviction, we're going to do this or make a declaration about that. But get ready. Because if you make a declaration like that, oh, you will get his sweet, beautiful, wonderful conviction. You will. And you get this beautiful opportunity to respond and joyfully repent. But I'm serious. If we get this, if we hold on to the, the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ and we let it transform our lives, we're going to see that neighborhood right there, all those houses that just came in. They're going to get saved like that. That's what will happen. So you ready to declare this with me? Jesus! You better say that louder. Come on. Jesus, I thank you for happy holiness. It's my identity. And Jesus, I thank you for your sweet conviction. I choose to walk in joyful repentance. And I will walk in victory and confidence and I will triumph over sin and death through you in Jesus name amen awesome okay now this is what I believe really strongly like I said we're going to create space for you to respond to the Lord I don't want prayer teams right now I don't want you to focus on people around you I want you to focus on Jesus I don't want you to focus on getting validation from someone else. I want you to focus on getting your worth from Jesus. I want you to be real with him and be comfortable with just you and Jesus. Because when you leave this place, it's gonna be you and Jesus. When it's in your secret place, it's you and Jesus. 
Yes, we have the body, but right now is a time to respond to Him. And so this is open. I just want you to respond to the Lord, whatever that looks like. But like I said, we're not doing prayer teams. We're not doing that. It's you and Jesus, okay? And if you need healing in your body, I will be over here and we're gonna see some miracle signs and wonders, but I want you to respond to Jesus, you and Him. So God, I thank you for this group. God, I thank you for this body. We thank you for your body that was shed for us. Thank you for your resurrection power. Thank you for happy holiness. We love you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen.